Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, my minions. My name is Tom Marquisil, Presidente. I am the host and the captain of the ship for the next two hours. We'll guide you through this crazy world of sports, and it doesn't get any crazier than where we're at right now. Sports is back, though. We, we can we, we can we can do that, but a lot to talk about with sports. Uh, certainly, uh, baseball back. Um, uh, the NBA back. Uh, IndyCar back, NASCAR back, but guess who isn't back? The fans aren't back in full force. And uh, I mean, we we saw this week where the Indianapolis 500 is reducing uh, the fans by a, a, about another 25%. My guess is if you don't have your tickets now, yeah, you're not going to be able to get in. Uh, that's unfortunate. I, I will be there, but I tell you what, I know it's going to be a, a very – a weird-looking uh, place, if you will. But the good thing about it is we re- we found out this week, and we'll be talking about it more uh, with Matthew Embry coming up here in about 20 minutes or so, 25 minutes or so, um, and uh, talk with him about IndyCar and the coming back of IndyCar and the fans and and the uh, the impact of the Indianapolis 500. But the like I said, the good thing is uh, we found out this week that uh, here in Indianapolis, which is a very rarity to us, that they, they'll be able to watch the television broadcast. As it's typically blocked out here in Indianapolis, uh, blacked out, and then it, it's replayed later on in the day, uh, 10 or 11 o'clock at night on local television. But as far as watching it live, it's been a very rare occasion that that's been able to happen. And so that we will be able to, to see that happen this week. Uh, I mean, not this weekend, but on the, on the, we heard about it this week. I'm sorry. And it'll be obviously the weekend of August the, the 23rd. Went out to the track yesterday to get my tickets and building is still closed. So they told me to come back on August 3rd. So that's, I guess that's what we'll do there. But man, I tell you what. So we're this whole thing about no fans, good thing, bad thing. We'll get into that and we'll talk about that. And then also uh, at the top of the hour, we've got Adam Jividen, a super brown fan and uh, 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 Ohio State Buckeye fan, going to join us and talk a little bit about the return of NFL. Obviously, camp's opening up this week. And then uh, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. And well, but Ed's not going to join us. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I, Ed's on vacation. I'm not on vacation. So my mind is still going there. It's not going to be Ed Kratz. It's going to be Matt Hicks. Matt Hicks is going to 
Join us and talk with us about the return of the NFL, the Colts, and what's going on with the Pacers. Some big breaking news uh, in the Pacer camp yesterday. I uh, just can't catch a break there. And so all of that and more to come right here on the Balance Radio Network. 917-889-8516 is my digits. Um, and uh, we're going to get things started here. Nine one seven eighty nine eight five one six is my digits, so we'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Maybe I'm foolish, maybe I'm blind, thinking I can see through this and see what's behind. Got no way to prove it, so maybe I'm lying. But I'm only human after all I'm only human after all Don't put your blame on me Don't put your blame on me Take a look in the mirror And what do you see? Do you see it clearer? Or are you deceived? In what you believe Cause I'm only human after all you're only human after all Don't put the blame on me Don't put your blame on me component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike... You know, dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming. 
GEICO makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on GEICO.com or the GEICO mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Well, it helps if I turn on my microphone. <laughs> hey, so you know what? Uh, welcome, Mo. Uh, Mo, I uh, did this whole thing about you being held hostage at the DMV uh, and that th- there are no fans. And I t- I, I've been rambling for about five minutes and didn't even realize I had a, didn't have my mic on. So, hey, <laughs> and we, get everything, we get everything started. How's it going, sir? Oh, man, I'll tell you, dude, the, uh, the DMV is insane. Insane. I waited an hour to get in, and then, oh, uh, probably I take a test again for the first time in you know thirty years. So it was uh, it was fun, but I killed it. I aced it. <laughs> was it the, still the same old questions of which way to go on the four way? Because nobody uh, four way stop because nobody I think knows that answer. No, knows but the there are a lot answer. of questions about. There's a lot of questions about roundabouts now. <laughs> That's weird. That's different. I, and I haven't taken a test either for a while. So I, I guess that's probably coming up for me too. But yeah, that's craziness. Well, you, you're, you're licensed to drive, right? So good to go. That's all, that's all well, good. The, right? theor- theoretically, not yet, but we won't tell anybody that. <laughs> well, that's cool. Uh, well, well, welcome back. I know how to go on the college search out in North Carolina. With you, and your uh, you know, it it uh, it was hotter than hell. It was uh, over a uh, hundred degrees out the day that we took the uh, tour, so it uh, it was good, but uh, it was hot. And you know, we did that trip basically uh, in less than forty eight hours, and it's a ten and a half wow. hour drive each way. So, 
it uh, it was all right. And of course, you know, my daughter was an amazing co-pilot. She decided to sleep both ways uh, or play <laughs> on Instagram. So I did all the driving, man. I tell you what, I've made that drive before. My son lives in North Carolina, and I know it's a long drive. It's it's about like driving to Florida. Uh, so it, was it one of the big schools, ones that we know that you guys are considering? No, or? we were uh, we were in Winston Salem. She went. She looked at Salem College, which thankfully is an all women's school, so that gives dad a little bit of uh, uh, you know less heart palpitations that she'll be away. And she's but you know Wake Forest is only I'll three you, miles I'll from let you there. Go I'll let you go ahead and, and think that. Think, ask the guys that went, know. They went to Rose Hallman and that are all men's school. How how come they had so many women at their parties? I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> the the bubble's not necessarily the bubble. Let's move on into that talk. Obviously, we we saw yesterday uh, where uh, the Pacers announced that they had a huge uh, injury. Uh, well, we, we, we don't know how bad it is yet, but uh, certainly uh, Sabonis uh, with, with the Pacers will start off with that and then play in the homework card. Uh, in the bubble, he's going to be leaving the bubble uh, to, uh, to seek treatment from a foot specialist. That's never a good sign, especially when they went to so much trouble to create this bubble. Uh, how big of an impact is this to the Indiana Pacers? Oh, it's huge. And, you know, if, if you think that uh, a foot injury is not a big deal, uh, you know, ask Greg Oden how not big of a deal a foot injury is. It's uh, it's terrible for the Pacers because, honestly, over the last year, uh, DeMontis Sabonis has been the heart of that team. But the thing I like about this kid, man, is he works hard nonstop. He didn't get to start right away, obviously, because Miles Turner's there. They figured out a way to play Miles and Sabonis together. Um, you know, he does everything. He rebounds. He shoots free throws well. He uh, he passes the ball well. Uh, he shoots the ball well. He's just a kid that does everything. And now – if you're the Pacers, depending on what the, the length of the injury is, do you decide to play Victor Oladipo? And, you know, a lot of it came down to, to Victor not, you know, knowing if he wanted to play, uh, feel on 100%, and his agents didn't want him to play. But, you know, there was some bad blood there uh, in the Pacers' front office between uh, Victor and the Pacers just because of the way some of the things were handled. So now you wonder – do you, do you take the chance of playing Victor Oladipo if Sabonis isn't going to be there? Because let's be honest, without one of those two guys, their, their chances aren't great to, to uh, win an NBA championship. Making the playoffs, I think, would be a breeze for them. Uh, but uh, winning the championship, I, I don't think they're ready. But, you know, the thing about them is, is they're a fun, young, exciting team. Uh, there's no reason that they shouldn't be able to attract an, not a, a top-tier free agent, but an upper, another upper-level free agent. Uh, you know, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, is done uh, through COVID-19 now. Uh, it's it's uh, it's a little messy there for the Pacers, but uh, you know they're close. But uh, you know with no Sabonis or or no Depot, it's just it's uh, hey we're just here to play some games. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Victor Owen Depot. Obviously, he said that he was going to opt out, but he was going to still travel down with the team. And and then we've heard just uh, through the rumor mills and, you know, everybody uh, chirping and that uh, he's talking to Miami, he's talking to some other teams. And, you know, I think what comes back to the Pacer fans is the whole ordeal with Paul George. And, and does he, is he having any influence over uh, Victor Owen Depot? And now that he's down there, he says he may play. What, 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 what do we know about Victor and what, what, what's going through his head? theoretically talk to any teams he may have talked to some players on teams but uh neither him nor his agent can uh can talk to either teams 
it's a, it's a messy situation, you know, it's, it's a, it's a messy situation, but you know, there were some missteps by the Pacers on their part in the front office too. And that's one of the things that the, uh, you know, the Pacers can't feel that every situation is going to be a Paul George situation and they have to handle each one differently. You know, nobody's been a bigger cheerleader, let's be honest, for this team and this city uh, than Victor Oladipo has the last few years he's been there. But if you look at, at what Victor's done, you know, all-star nod wise and, and, and numbers wise, he's underpaid compared to other people who, who do what he do, do what he does. So, you know, I think there probably is a way for them to figure it out. Uh, but, you know, Indy's also got to start being more aggressive in the free agent market. They can't just sit back every season and go, well, you know, nobody's probably really going to come here. So we'll just, you know, get whoever we can get that, that works. I think Indy's going to start being more aggressive and proving to guys who they who they help cultivate and who are good players that uh, they're going to really try to compete for uh, a championship. Well, see, and I think that's part of the disappointing thing as far as what fans look at for Victor Oendipo. I think they feel like that that's exactly what they did with Victor Oendipo, uh, that the Pacers saw the talent with Victor when the, the whole trade with Paul George came down and, and saw his, his talent and ability. Um, and I know he's in a contract year here. So, I mean, it looks to me like that Victor goes out there, plays his butt off, and, and proves his worth. Because right now what we have is a player that's good, very good. And I and, and obviously a, a fan of, of Indiana, he went to IU. And so he's, he's got that good local connection. And he was able to bring the Pacers back from some dark times into some good times. And he's earned some new money. But let him work through this contract period. Let's not use – he shouldn't be using this time as a platform to, to play. Uh, well, if you don't give me my money, I'm going to go somewhere else and tease. And then, and then basically let the fans kind of think that, well, you know, really, if I don't get the money, I'm one, I'm going, I'm going elsewhere and I'm not giving it the effort. He should have went down to the bubble and said, I'm going to play, not say I'm not going to play, but going to go anyway. Well, you know, at first he wasn't, uh, he wasn't even cleared by the Pacers doctors at first, uh, because of the rehab and coming back from injury, but you know you got to figure if you're if you have a high probability of injuring yourself, put yourself in his shoes at this point. You know you've got to make as much money as you can in, in the you know short career span that you could have. And with a major injury like that, uh, you know it, it's it's Victor's time to really cash in for the first time in his NBA career. I know granted twenty million dollars a year is something to scoff at, but if you look at guys who are doing comparable to what he does, Victor's underpaid. And he understands that. And I think some of the rebuffs, you know, the Pacers, for one thing, though, they've got to quit being cheap. You know, you, you, I understand you're a small market team, but sooner or later, you've got to pay your top guys. And they've done it in the past. You know, Jermaine O'Neal earned more money than Victor Oladipo does right now. So there's, there's some flexibility to be given on both sides. I don't discount against Victor Oladipo. I think the Pacers uh, have a hand in with the situation we're in right now as well. Well, how, how are we uh, judging the, 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 the Pacers as far as uh, what's going on in, 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 the, in the bubble and, and uh, how, how are they, they, they doing as far as uh, what we, how we think they're, they're, they're doing overall? I mean, scrimmage-wise, the Pacers have played well. Uh, you know, they've, they've knocked off some decent teams. Um, but, you know, I think there's – it's kind of – it's different than baseball because a lot of times when guys are hot in spring training – they come out and then start slow for some reason. I've never, you know, it's always been a weird thing, whether it's the cold or what have you, guys can start slow. 
now guys who are hot right now in baseball have continued to be hot into these first couple opening games. And, you know, I'm hoping that that carries over with basketball. You'll see teams have an amazing uh, preseason and then come out uh, and lay an egg for the first 10 games. So the Pacers have played very well these past couple of exhibition games, and I don't see any reason for them to stop. However, they're going to have to try to uh, uh, overcome uh, the bonuses injury. It's going to take one thing the Pacers have lacked for a long time, and they're going to have to get much better at is bench play. The, the drop off between the starters and the bench for the Pacers has been uh, pretty gigantic for a long time, which you know led the Pacers to bring him back Lance Stevenson a couple of years ago. So there's got to be less of a drop off with the injury to the bonus of uh, of starters and bench play. But I mean the Pacers have been competing, man. They, they've they've looked good so far, but I don't think they're on par to compete yet. Uh, uh, with the Celtics or the Lakers. Real quickly, uh, staying on the Pacers here, Miles Turner, uh, what are our thoughts on him on, on stepping up and becoming the leader of the team that he thinks that he should be able to do? And, you know, all the smack that's talked about Miles Turner, it's, he talked about somebody, it's time to step up, it's time for him to step up as well. You know, it is, and we've seen glimpses of it. Um, it's just the, the top of the line play for, for him has been inconsistent. And for me, uh, you know, to have him come back and make big money, uh, I think that that's he, he needs to step up and, and step up in a more uh, routine basis. The thing is, you know, you've never met a nicer guy than Miles Turner, so you, you want to you want to see it and you want to see him be great. Uh, but I think if the Pacers move on from one of the two guys, it'll be Sabonis they keep and and uh, Miles Turner would move on. But it depends again how serious the injury is. And that's the other thing with the Pacers, you know, you can't get a, a decent core. And expect guys to stay if you start moving pieces because you want to save money. It, it, they've they've been cheap too long. I think they they had those chances back uh, with the uh, uh, the Paul George, Rory Hibbert, David West teams uh, when they got knocked off a couple times in the finals, uh, Eastern Conference Finals by the Heat to, and the and the Cavs. So uh, and then they decided to go the cheap route. So they they need to uh, they need to start spending money and and trying to beef up beef up this team. And if if they feel Miles Turner's part of it, then they're going to have to pay him. Well, Zion Williamson uh, returns after his issue with the family matter. Uh, did we ever find out what that was? No, but, you know, I, I think part of the issue was the dealing with all the stuff that's come out about him getting paid to go to Duke. Um, not to say that there wasn't another issue, but I think him and, and his family and PR team have been trying to figure out a strategy to handle this. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's become, a, you know, when, when there was nothing going on, Stories like that became a big deal, so I think a lot of it had to do uh, with him uh, trying to figure out how they're going to handle this, this paid-to-play-at-Duke situation. Well, we'll certainly see what happens. They they get back on the floor uh, against the the, uh, the Jazz on the 30th, as well as everybody uh, as most of everybody else on the 30th and the 31st. Also, the return this week is Major League Baseball, and Certainly, uh, it's good to see baseball back, but uh, disappointing in a lot of ways. Uh, disappointing that, one, they can't find a way to put fans in the stadium. Uh, and, and secondly, I, I'm really just, you know, I'm going to maybe get on my personal soapbox here. But this kneeling of entire teams, uh, when they're not even playing the anthem, to me, is just not a good luck. Not a good look. Obviously, we've seen the the Cardinals and the Cubs play this this year so far, and and uh, certainly Cardinals won, and then I think the Cubs lost to the White Sox. Um, 
not quite sure what's going on there, but let's just kind of walk through the M- MLB where we're at and what's going on. What are your what are your thoughts? I mean, can't we just stop doing stuff to draw attention and play the game? Well, no, I mean, this is the the most uh, political type that that the games, uh, basketball, football, uh, baseball, have ever been. But I mean, I guess if guys are going to kneel, kneeling before the anthem is a better thing than kneeling during the anthem. Uh, you know, I guess I don't let it bother me as much, uh, just because hey, if the guys want to express themselves and they do it in that way as opposed to other ways, you know, so be it. Uh, and, and any repercussions or consequences that come from that, you know, they I guess they'll have to deal with. Uh, but seeing the teams do it before the anthem uh, and then stand for the anthem, you know, all right, what have you. Uh, I'm just ready to, to watch baseball. And the Cubs are 1-0 so far in the regular season as they dispatched of the Milwaukee Brewers last night, 3-0. Uh, so it was, uh, <laughs> it, it, it was, it was quite fun. And I, I'm, uh, you know, with half the teams now basically making the playoffs in the, uh, in the uh, MLB, you might have a chance to watch your Cardinals in the playoffs again. Did, didn't Christian Yelch uh, do some damage to the, to the uh, uh, scoreboard? Well, uh, that was from, in, from batting the... in batting practice, yeah. In oh, game, back in bat. Uh, in the game, he was uh, 0 for 4. So, you know, you can do all you want in batting practice. Be a batting practice hero if you want. But uh, when it came game time, uh, you know, he uh, he went 0 for 4, thank goodness. So the NFL gets started up this week in training camp. The I think on Tuesday the Colts training camp open up, um, and uh, so we're going to be talking a little bit more about this later on in the show. Ed's on vacation, but Matt Hicks is filling in. Uh, but it, we're, so we're going to be talking a little bit more about the Colts. Uh, but uh, the NFL as they open up and, and they open up camp. Uh, what are your What are your thoughts about the Browns, the Bears, the, the Colts? Well, the the Browns have uh, a lot to prove this year. Uh, you know, you've got uh, a new regime and and general manager and, and head coach. Uh, you've got uh, you know a lot of talent on that team that wasn't used in the correct way last year. So um, you know, it's it, there's a lot to prove. Miles Garrett's back with a huge deal. Uh, so defensively and offensively, if they don't uh, make some change or make some waves, there's probably going to be changes again. You know the the Browns have the talent to do stuff. It'll be a bigger year probably for uh, nobody more than Baker Mayfield, uh, who had a great rookie campaign, uh, obviously took steps back uh, last year, and th- that could be blamed on not only him but the, the coaching staff uh, as well. Uh, but the the Browns are going to have to make some noise in a division that's probably going to be tough again. Um, you know, and as far as the Colts go, you look at, uh, you know, every team in, in that division got better. So uh, it, it could take 10, 11, 12 wins to to win the division, you know. Uh, other than Houston, who let go of DeAndre Hopkins, you know, I, I think Jacksonville got better. Uh, you know, I think Tennessee got better. So, uh, you know, the Colts have, have got to be able um, to make things happen, not only on, on offense this year, but the secondary, which was terrible last year, has, uh, has got to step up. So there's been some additions and subtractions to that secondary, and uh, it's going to have to uh, to was you know be on point if the culture are planning to uh, win anything this year. And, and for the Bears, obviously it's going to be uh, depend on who's quarterback. Uh, will it be Mitchell Trubisky? Uh, you know, it will it be Nick Foles? 
it's uh, a lot of things up in the air in the Bears camp this year. Uh, the defense took a step back last year after being dominating the year before. Uh, so it'll be uh, interesting to see what this offense for the, the Bears can do. Uh, you know, thing, something that I would think is worrisome is, uh, you know, as of yesterday, the Bears now cancel all season tickets uh, due to uh, uncertainty with what is going to happen game-wise uh, with the COVID-19. So season ticket holders will have first crack at single game tickets. But the fact that the Bears have canceled all season tickets, which is a huge revenue stream for any team, uh, would be worrisome as uh, as we get closer to uh, games in September. That uh, that was a little cause for panic last night. Yeah, I and mean, you know what Jim Irsay sent out a, a letter last week uh, to to fans, uh, season ticket holder fans, saying that uh, their season could be affected by this whole whole uh, COVID nineteen. Mo from the BS Sports Show, Mo, I appreciate you jumping on, and I'm glad you were able to get to escape from the DMV and get everything taken care of. Have yourself a good weekend. Where can people find your work and masterpieces, sir? Oh, I don't have any this week, let's be honest. About normally on Twitter, <laughs> at, at Mo Radio Show. All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. All right, Tom. See you. Yeah, yeah. Mo for the BS Sports Show. Always good to have him on. Just talking a little bit about, you know, the Pacers and the, just the, the bubble in the in the NBA, what's going on down there, and the, the return of the MLB. Uh, and, again, can I just say that my Cardinals won against the Pirates last night? I, I'm just saying that, uh, you know, we're off, to, we're off to start. Cardinals could win the World Series this year. Actually, we're going to get into some more of that that, conversa- that conversation a little bit later on with um, with uh, 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 a super fan Adam Jividen of of the Browns, the Cleveland Indians, and the Ohio State Buckeyes. A lot of people think that the uh, the Cleveland Indians have a good shot at the uh, World Series title, even if it is a shortened season. We'll see what happens. Coming right back with us, uh, stand by in the balance green room is Matthew Embry, WSBT, uh, South Bend, our official IndyCar contributor. A lot going on in the IndyCar world and a lot of news uh, from the Indianapolis 500 this year. We'll get, to get into that when we get right back, right here on the Balance Radio Network. I'm at a party I don't want to be at And I don't ever wear a suit and tie yet. Wondering if I could sneak up the back Nobody's even looking me in my eye Can you take my hand, finish my drink, say shall we? The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I've been playing four on four with a barbershop quartet. We're open, just pass the ball. 
can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it, Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, What is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Welcome back to the balance. What is up, Michael Shell, President Day? Thank you, Mo, for the BS Sports Show uh, for helping us uh, kick uh, uh, things off uh, with us and talking about the return of baseball and in uh, the NFL and the NBA. Uh, joining us now, Matthew Embry, WSPTF of South Bend, our official IndyCar contributor. Matthew, happy Saturday to you, sir. Same to you, Tom. Uh, very interesting uh, month. I mean, consider we're just one month away from the 104th Indy 500 at this point. Hard to believe, but we're finally here. Oh, I tell you what. And I, you know, I, I bought my practice tickets. I bought uh, tickets for Carb Day. I bought the race tickets because uh, they, they were limiting it on the uh, media credentials. I still haven't heard officially, but it looks like I'm going to. So I just went ahead and bought the tickets. I thought, well, I'll just go down there and get them. And I get down there, and the building's locked up and closed up. And I called the number that's on the thing, and it was security. And they said they don't open back up until August the 3rd. So I guess I'll go back and get that. But, hey, at least I had some time to stop at Mug and Bones. And and that was the first time I've eaten out in public uh, since all of this uh, this happened. So ate outside, ate a big old foot-long chili dog. Man, nothing better than Mug and Bones. You ever been down there by the track, Mug and Bones? Not there yet. Uh, they even know that place existed until you mentioned it. <laughs> it's been around for oh, probably sixty years or so. It's been there as long as I can freaking remember, and that's always been a tradition of mine. When I when I head down to the track, I stop down there at Mucket Buns. It's it's one of those old fashioned drive uh, drive ins where you can eat in your car, kind of like Sonic, uh, or you can eat outside. But it's been around. It's it's actually Indiana's oldest. Uh, still long uh uh lasting uh, fast food uh drive through place so a little trivia nice. there for you sir so let's talk a little bit about the the indianapolis 500 and heard a lot of talk from doug bowles this week on local radio uh and i also heard him on some national shows as well uh but they did made the decision that they're going to reduce the the uh the capacity from 50 percent to 25 percent and some of the procedures are going to be that you're going to have to have a mask on at all times unless you're eating or drinking, even if you're in the parking lots or tailgating or whatever. Um, and you have to have your temperature taken. If you're over 100, you'll, you'll have it, have it uh, taken in, a, in an oral thing. If you're still over 100, you'll be given a voucher uh, for a refund on, on your tickets. Um, and then you can proceed on into 
to the uh, to IMS. Uh, if you're sitting in the stands, uh, they've properly designated uh, where you can sit. According to your ticket, will already reflect uh, the, the social distancing, but there'll be uh, little tags that says this seat is not available. You cannot sit in this seat. So, but there again, even though it seems like oh, this is pretty pretty drastic uh when we you know we're, we're going to be back full-time then we said we're going to have 50 percent fans now we're back down to 25 percent fans but they're still having carb day no concerts or they're still having carb day the pit stop challenge and all of that stuff still social distancing uh but in 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 and when you look at it that's 90,000 people that's the largest amount of fans that have been allowed back at any sporting event so i think that, that the indianapolis 500 still holds true to do to, to doing it big or go home but uh what what are your thoughts about what's going on here with the indianapolis 500 yeah again i'm surprised that we're still at 25% i mean like i told you on twitter i'm i was thinking for sure we'd be getting very close to a closed door get, to a closed door uh, race and uh, it hasn't gotten to that yet but uh Hopefully things, uh, you know, limit themselves enough where the conference is there. I mean, I'm not personally going on race day itself. I'm going during qualifying weekend when I know the crowds aren't going to be as big. But uh, uh, I'd say still, I mean, that's still a large number of people, and I'll be very curious to see how things work out. But, uh, yeah, more power to you if you have the guts to head down there. But, uh, yeah, probably going to sit the race day thing out this year for sure, even with – all the way down to 25%. Well, uh, the good thing about it is uh, for the first time in four – I mean, the, the four, only the fourth time that they've, they've not had uh, the local blackout. And I saw your tweet as well, and I think that is a, a, a fair uh, compromise to uh, uh, allow the fans to see that in there. So if you live locally here in Indianapolis, you're going to be able to watch the Indianapolis 500 on NBC. Yeah, fair enough on that. I mean, so you don't force the fans to have to go and put themselves at risk if they don't want to, and so they're not against their will or anything like that. So based on that, I think that's going to work out well, and uh, it should be a very uh, interesting uh, month uh, coming up here in a few short weeks from now. Well, we're certainly excited for it to, 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 to get here. And I, even though it's going to be in the middle of August and you have to wear those masks, I tell you what, I, those things, I don't know about you, man, but those masks drive me insane. It's like it gives you um, instant claustrophobia. Uh, I, I was, went to Kroger yesterday, and I usually get a lot of stuff off, offline. <clears throat> but I went into Kroger yesterday, and they got a, a big old sign there that says, you know, you got to put on this mask. It's mandatory. And so, yeah, not, not good for me. I did not. I usually uh, find the mask on. It's just when, you know, I have to work hard at the warehouse uh, where I get a little queasy. I mean, I'm moving at a pretty brisk pace when I'm there and lifting heavy objects and, you know, unable to get in oxygen. I mean, it makes it tough. I mean, my, Chest is still hurting just a little bit from that, uh, not being able to get any air in uh, this past week. I'll tell you what, I, I'm ready for all of this to be over. I think we're, we we might be headed for a, a bit of a of a second wave of it all, but we'll, we'll we'll see what happens. Let's talk a little bit about IndyCar 
uh, as a whole and where, where we're at with IndyCar. I think there's been some um, uh, uh, schedule changes and stuff. What do we know? There's not going to be the Portland race. What, what do we know as far as the schedule uh, goes with IndyCar? Portland looks like it's out of play. It also looks like Laguna Seca is out of play as things have gotten bad in both Oregon and California. It looks like, though, that they're going to add a race to the weekend for Mid-Ohio. They're going to add a race to the Harvest GP at Indianapolis. And it also looks like they're going to add races to Gateway and the other event that's on the schedule that's missing from the top of my brain right now that I can't remember. But I know every other event outside the Indy 500 will be a double hair, it looks like, for the rest of the year. Well, it's certainly uh, – so uh, – are they still having the championship down in Miami? Or are they having that in Nashville? Or you mean in uh, Laguna Seca? No, that's the one that's been uh, taken off. So it looks like whatever's the last race on the schedule before, prior to Laguna Seca is going to the season is going to close out with a doubleheader. And I'm assuming that's going to be the Harvest GP. Well, let's kind of jump into uh, what's going on in the NASCAR world. Steve Wilson's down in Florida on vacation, not able to join us. So we'll have you uh, do a little double header here uh, with us. But uh, certainly NASCAR rolls into Kansas. Kansas gives the track. Talk with us a little bit about what's going on with NASCAR as they go into Kansas. Well, obviously, uh, things going well for Harvick, having won the Brickyard 400 again. And, uh, Things also looking interesting with NASCAR. Now that we know that they're going to continue the draw policy uh, for qualifications and the grid setups for the remainder of the season. Not a fan of it, but I understand, though, in the risque places they're headed, that they want to have the one-day events, get in there, get everything done, and get out of there. So, yeah, I'm not a fan of it, but I understand where they're coming from. But the thing is, though, it's going to aid the drivers to the top of the standings. And I still think you're going to see guys like Hamlin, and uh, Harvick uh, dominating the uh, proceedings at the front. And uh, whether or not Kyle Busch uh, can get his act together, uh, that's still a question mark in my opinion. Well, when you say that, and, you know, I think I know what, what you're referring to, but when you're sitting there, you're talking about just his, his ability to, to make anything happen on the track. Isn't that, isn't that what you're getting at there? There's no question about that compared to, you know, the guys running up front. He definitely has not been a contender this year like he normally is. Well, we'll see. A lot of people love to hate Bush, so we'll see. We'll see how 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 that that pans out. So this whole this whole thing with getting, I I just wonder how do they come up with the determination? So we we, we just talked about having you know, roughly 90,000 people there at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. But then we look at other tracks that they have nobody or they have very limited. What, what's the formula you think that these tracks are using to uh, – or stadiums or, or what, what have you? Like MLBs come back, no fans uh, whatsoever. Uh, what's, what's the formula? And, and for the most part, well, I'd say 99% of all um, MLB uh, – uh, stadiums are outside and you can certainly do social distancing a lot easier outside than you can inside so why is it that mlb can't get fans in nascar can get some fans in indycar can get some fans in nba can't isn't even making an attempt with fans what's what's the what's the procedure in deciding on whether or not we're going to have fans or not 
Well, the thing is, I don't know how long the fan thing's going to mess with MLB, especially when Toronto still doesn't have a place to play their home games. Uh, so I'm questioning whether or not they're going to do that. Obviously, MLS, WNBA, which is getting underway today, and NBA uh, are in protective bubbles in Orlando at this point. And, again, IndyCar, they have done it the right way so far, but they've also been very careful because we've had a couple positive tests come up where they have immediately cordoned those people off. But beyond that, uh, it's under control right now. But like I said, though, with uh, 90,000 people in Indianapolis or over 100,000 when you could include personnel, uh, Indy uh, is going to be the ultimate test for it. Well, and I think that's a good place to have that ultimate test because, I mean, let, let's let's think about it. Once you get inside that gate, there's over 300 and some odd acres uh, that, that span that track. So it's a, a big, big, big track. It's a mammoth track. Um, so if, I think if anybody can stress test the amount of fans, it would be the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Yeah, but like, again, though, yeah, hopefully they could spread it out enough. I mean, it's a big facility, but still, uh, every, it's going to be tight in there, even with the 25% capacity, that's for sure. Well, and I heard Doug Bowles saying that, you know, the the, the requirement of, of the masking, and like I just said, hey, that that's, uh, that mask is going to be in the heat of the sun, but it's just something that's, that's got to be done. And, and Doug said that, that they're going to be pretty strict about monitoring it, and, uh, All I can say you is uh, bring the cups and make sure you bring straws. Like there's a speedway stations, a couple beyond the entrance on both 16th and 30th Street. Just get yourself a big 52 ounce uh, soda, and then you can slide the straw inside where the ma- inside the mask and still get it to your mouth, and you don't have to take your mask off. That would be my recommendation. <laughs> I might replace the soda with beer. No. <laughs> So Jimmy Johnson to test with Jeff Canassi uh, uh, at IndyCar at IMS next week. Uh, what are your thoughts? Not sure right now if he's going to become a regular on the circuit or a semi-regular. I think, again, the COVID uh, situation is going to influence that. But once it does clear up, uh, if he is still in the mood to race, uh, I would think maybe you might see him run here and there, possibly run Indy 500-only runs for certain teams. I don't think, though, he's going to become a full-time competitor in IndyCar, though, if that's what fans are hoping for. Well, what do we think? Uh, he'll be running, like, uh, the 500 only? Or, or what, do you, what do you think that he might yeah, be running? Selected events where, because I think he wants to spend more time with his family at this point. So I don't think he's focused on a full-time schedule. And, uh, of course, you look at the situations, uh, he could be the main – semi guy running now that Alonzo has signed a contract with Renault for 2021 so it looks like if he's going to run an Indy next month that's going to be his last run at Indy potentially for a while uh, depending on how long he stays in F1 with Renault so NASCAR confirms that there'll be no practice or qualifying through the rest of the season what what would he, what what do we connect the dots for the reasoning for that well, I mentioned that earlier, uh, that they had cut that off for the rest of the season. Um, I don't know if they're just trying to protect the drivers going for the championship and the chase for the cup, or, again, that's related to they're just too concerned about reopening everything to the possibility whether to shut things down. Because there's still uh, some events left in Florida, I think, before the season's out. 
obviously the season closer in Homestead, Miami, when possibly things could spike up again. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot of concerns out there, certainly, and I think that's why they're keeping things uh, as tight to the best as possible, even though things would say that they really don't need to, even though the smart way is what they're doing right now by keeping things a little bit shuttered. Well, we'll certainly see what happens. I, like I said, I'm, I'm just uh, I'm ready for a lot of this uh, to 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 be over. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the the NASCAR uh, races this weekend at Kansas. Talk with us about the Kansas track. Uh, what what do teams have to do to to succeed well there in Kansas? Well, it's a tough circuit, obviously. Uh, the graining of the tires so you got to be a little bit cautious if you can make ground in the early part of runs that's the key thing and hopefully don't overabuse the tires otherwise you can fade back to the rear if you're not careful if you overabuse the tires too quick uh, but ultimately there i think there's plenty of room to go two three wide there if possible and uh but like i said i think the right now is tire conservation and obviously trying to take advantage of the restarts well, as far as IndyCar goes, we're six races in, and we're basically uh, headed into the second half of the season. Uh, who, who are we looking at as far as that, that could be a, a good a championship uh, contender? Are we still looking at Scott Dixon? Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts? Well, the four race winners are the ones to look at right now, and that's two from Penske, two from Ganassi, obviously Newgarden and Pagano from Penske, and then obviously – you look at the situations with Rosenquist and Dixon, and obviously Dixon with all the early wins to start the season has a little bit of an edge on the rest of the field at this point. Not to say that he has everything locked up at this point, but with his consistency, he's going to be tough to catch unless he starts having problems with uh, being able to unable to finish races. So what about uh, asking the same question regarding NASCAR? Uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on the NASCAR championship? I still think Harvick's the guy to beat. I think he has the consistency, and let's face it, he's getting up there in years, and the opportunities for him to win championships are going to become fewer and far between down the road. So, I mean, he's 42 years old now. Uh, Certainly, uh, this would be a great opportunity for him to bag his uh, second title here if he could keep his nose clean for the remainder of the season. Well, that would be – We'll see how, how that, that that plays out. Matthew Embry, uh, WSPT up in South Bend, our official IndyCar contributor. Matthew, give us uh, some final words of wisdom when there's IndyCar, NASCAR. What are some of the things that, that you're working on, you're following? What are some of the things? And, and what are your thoughts about uh, here, we, here we are with the opening of uh, baseball, the Cubs. I know that's up there in your region there. Uh, the, the Cubs opened up their season uh, and won against the Brewers yesterday. Uh, so what are your what are your thoughts about the Cubs uh, and uh, it, it, I mean what do we know anything about going on with Notre Dame? I think Notre Dame we, looks like at this point they're going to become a temporary member of the ACC for football. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a permanent uh, jump to a conference like a lot of people in America want them to be forced to do. But I think the they're going to be a temporary member this year because that's the with the way things are limited to just conference only play. And uh, now the only question is, are they going to be put in an Atlantic or Coastal Division to where they can compete for the agency championship? That's the only question that's left in my book right now. If you're making them a temporary member, you have to, I think, include them in the conference scenario for the conference championship game. So I'll be very curious to see how that influences things. And 
you look ahead uh, a couple other big things. I think Columbus Crew have been a big surprise in the MLS's back tournament. I think they could be the team that walk away with the whole thing, although they got a tough test in the round of 16 against Minnesota on Tuesday. And then a uh, big game uh, coming up at noon today, the debut uh, probably the most hyped-up uh, rookie in WMA history, and Sabrina Ionescu with the New York Liberty. I'd be very curious to see how she does against uh, one of the legends of the game, Sue Bird and Seattle Storm. Uh, that game starts at noon, I guess, on ESPN uh, later today. So uh, with the Cubs, uh, what do you, what, what do you, what do you, what's your outlook with the Cubs this year? Do they have enough pitching to get the to hold the fort? Because obviously, I think they have enough offense with their main starting nine. The only question in my mind is, do they have the pitching to get them all the way there? I think the bullpen could be what could be their Achilles' heel uh, down the road as we look through the sixty-game schedule. You mentioned that uh, the Notre Dame is going to be a a, a part-time or a, a temporary. Uh, member of the ACC, but we don't even know if we're going to have football. What do, what do we know? What, are, what do we know about other uh, uh, summer sports like uh, fall, for example? Are we going to have baseball, uh, college baseball? What, what, what do we know as far as uh, just the return of college sports in general? Like that. Uh, but I think if football does become a spring uh, sport, that certainly would put baseball in jeopardy, I would think, and softball as well. So you think uh, you're thinking that football, if it starts up, it's not going to be until the spring of 2021. If if it does get pushed back, that I'm not saying it will be pushed back, but if it is, then that puts the spring sports in jeopardy again for sure. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, hopefully we can we can get all of that, uh, all of this uh, behind us, and in in they they you know I don't want to uh, get on the the fear porn train, but they say there's a second wave coming and. And the unfortunate thing, if it comes, uh, it, and it's as bad as some people predict, everything's going to be shut down again, and we're going to be back to to a, a total halting position. So, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen. Hopefully we can get to get things uh, together. Matthew Embry, WSPT up in South Bend. Matthew, we got just a few more minutes here here left with you. Uh, give us your thoughts on anything that you want to uh, talk about with IndyCar, college football, basketball, baseball, uh, the, uh, the the virus. What do you got, sir? Grita, well, obviously you look at possibilities, uh, be very curious to see what happens with this women's football thing. Uh, the Legends Football League uh, shut down at the end of last year. Is that ever going to get back up and going again? I mean, there's a bunch of talented athletes in that event. I'd like to see that get, get up and going again if possible. It's just a matter of being able to find the money and the resources to be able to get it back up and going because that was actually an entertaining sport in terms of the athleticism of players. I mean, you didn't have people wondering how to play the game. I think you had players that were not only – well scripted, but also very athletic and very talented in that league. And I don't think it got ever got the credit that it was earning and deserving of, uh, you know, as being a legitimate special league. And then uh, you look at uh, a few other things down here, horse racing. It's going to be interesting to see what happens uh, with the remaining preps before the Kentucky Derby. Obviously the Traverse Stakes is a few weeks away. Another chance to see Tis the law who won the Belmont Stakes. And, uh, Beyond that, I'll be very curious to see if there's a challenger to uh, tis the law for the Kentucky Derby coming up in September, and obviously one race to look ahead to at the Ellis Park Derby where Art Collector is going to run who just won the Bluegrass. Um, beyond that, though, 
it is the law. I got to say, with all the injuries that have happened to top horses over the last few weeks and months, uh, I have a hard time seeing anyone challenging tis the law, either in the Kentucky Derby or the Preakness, with maybe the only real threat at this point possibly being uh, the Bob Baffert-trained Authentic as, uh, as being a horse that could uh, deny tis the law victory in those last two Triple Crown events. What is the date of the uh, of the Kentucky Derby again? Labor Day weekend, the Saturday before Labor Day. What do we know? Speaking of Labor Day, speaking of Labor Day weekend, what do we know about the U.S. Nationals with the NHRA? Is this kind of a been kind of a quiet background sport uh, through all of this? What do we know? What's going on with them? I'm assuming it's going to be limited fanfare again for that and. Although I love to see the, you know, the lower divisions, it may just be a pros-only event this year. Well, I certainly love going out there. That's just a hop, skip, and a jump away from uh, where I live. And I, I, lo- I love going out there to the uh, NHRA, uh, U.S. Nationals. And I tell you what, if you've never had a chance to do that, it's something that I would highly encourage uh, that that you do. And, and it, you know what? It, it shakes your whole chest. You can fill your whole chest. Tough, uh, this year, if they do uh, block off uh, fans entering the pit area, because usually that admission area is a pit or admission ticket to pit pass as well. But uh, with the social distancing, I don't think they allowed that for the two in events in Indianapolis uh, this past month. And unfortunately, I don't think they're going to be able to offer that for the U.S. Nationals either. Matthew Embry, we appreciate you joining us, sir, and bringing this up to speed. And hope you have yourself a good weekend. Where can people find your work and masterpieces? M-A-T-T-E-M-B-U-R-Y on Twitter. And uh, like we said, it should be a very interesting uh, next 48 hours uh, with uh, several interesting events that one may not look at. But uh, I think you need to take a closer look at some of these things because there are some entertaining events coming up and some intriguing prospects uh, over the next couple days and the next few weeks. All right, Matthew, have yourself a good weekend. We'll talk with you again soon, sir. Anytime, Tom. Matthew Embry, WSVTF in South Bend. My name is Tom Marquisell, President. We'll be right back with Adam Jibbenin, Super Colts fan, Browns, I mean, Super Browns fan. I don't know, I'm overspoken. Super Browns fan and uh, Ohio State Buckeyes, Cleveland Indians. We're going to talk with him a little bit about the return of uh, football right here on the Balance Radio Network. Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family. So the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. 
With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like, early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're hitting my eyes. We're moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA, love your home. Welcome back to The Balance. My name is Tom Mark Marcel, Presidente. One hour in the books. Thank you to uh, Mo from the BS Sports Show for helping us kick things off and talking us a little bit about uh, the return of MLB, uh, NBA, some issues going on with the Pacers as, as we uh, talked about. And we found out yesterday afternoon that Simonis, uh, Pacer with the Pacers, is uh, going to be leaving the bubble to uh, seek uh, – treatment for a foot injury from a foot specialist that certainly doesn't sound good and not good for the Pacers at all especially without Victor Owen Depot we also talked a little bit about Victor Owen Depot and what his decisions and where he's at now as well we're standing by for Adam Jividen super Browns fan and uh, uh, Ohio State Buckeyes fan Cleveland Indians fan I'm going to be talking with him a little bit about the return of sports uh, hopefully he can we could jump on with him here soon uh so and then also matthew embry wspt up in south bend joined us uh to talk with us a little bit about uh, uh you know what we uh and we talked about uh you know the indianapolis 500 and how they've reduced the the fans from uh 20 uh 15 uh, 50% to 25%. 
And um, that's still 90,000 fans that, you know, to me, that's, that's a, a significant number. And to my knowledge, that's the most fans have been able to come back uh, since uh, all of this started happening ba- back in March when everything went down to a, a complete shutdown. I hope that we're not uh, moving to a, a phase where we're going to be going backwards instead of forward. Uh, that certainly doesn't, any, doesn't do anybody good as far as uh, uh, for fans or you know, the economy or, or anything, you know, it's just, it's certainly not good. And we want to make sure that the people take the proper precautions to make sure that, that this doesn't spread. But also at the same time, I think we want to be, get comfortable in getting people back and, and, and uh, getting people back in the fans. I think that's, uh, I mean, I think we're ready for that. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll see, we'll see how, how, how it all goes. I don't want to jump on the, uh, uh, the fear porn uh, train, but I, I, I can tell you it, it, it's something we got to take seriously, but maybe we, we're taking it a little bit too seriously. And maybe uh, there's there's some places that are making this a little bit more po- uh, political that, than it needs to be. That's just an opinion. Standing by for Adam Jividen. Hopefully we can get him on here soon. <laughs> Don't know. Might be just solo soloing it with me. And for the next uh, few minutes or so. <laughs> but, you know, here's the thing. I was watching the return of baseball, and I think that that's significant. I, I, I really do. I also feel like since they're playing in their home stadiums outside of Toronto, since they're playing in their home stadiums, that uh, they can get people in there. I mean, even if it's at 25% capacity, whatever the stadium's capacity is. Um, and and, and we, we have, we're seeing con- some concerns with NFL. I mean, the, the thing about the MLB as opposed to the NFL, most all of their stadiums, I think you can count in two fingers of how many stadiums are indoor with baseball. Everybody everybody else is outdoors. So there's a way to, to, to space this out. And I feel like that, that, it could be done. Now, why they're not doing it, I'm, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, because the ones that are in most danger of, of passing it are players in the MLB because they're in very close proximity with each other, uh, you know, in, in the dugout, in the clubhouse, uh, also on the field itself. Unless you're out in the outfield, you're right up next to someone. Uh, even though I know that the, the, the third base and first base coaches are, are wearing ma- masks and that sort of stuff, you're still in, in very much close proximity. I'm, I'm curious to see how the NFL is going to handle this. And as we, we saw last week with the NFL and the NFL and uh, Jim Irsay sending out a letter to season ticket holders saying that their season could be impacted if, uh, you know, from this, this virus impossible shutdown. Are we moving to a place where we don't are, are going to have no fans in the stands for NFL. That's going to be bad news. And I think that you have to make this a universal rule. You can't say, okay, Indianapolis Colts, because you're semi-inside, you can't have fans. But we can open up the roof, so technically, you know, the roof and window, so technically we're, we're uh, an outside stadium. You have to make this a universal rule. So if they're going to allow it for one, they got to allow it for the other. Because just because of the home court advantage and 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 all of the, the the things that come together with that, you've you've got to make this available. And the NFL has got to make that decision. And 
And I, I hope that they do. But as Matt pointed out, or Mo uh, pointed out, or Matt and Mo for that matter, that, uh, you know, it's just not looking good when when the NFL starts sending tickets, uh, sending letters to season ticket holders and emails saying that there's a possibility that, that your tickets won't be honored um, for the 20 or, or granted you'll get credit and, and, and that sort of stuff. But I mean, the thing is a lot of people have already bought their season tickets. So what's the credit for in the next year? Okay. Well then that's next year. You know, that, that's, that has nothing to do with this year. So, um, you know, hopefully they can, they can get this, this worked out. Camp opens up on Tuesday for the Indianapolis Colts and this next week, along with various other, other teams and, they're going to allow uh, players back into the um, uh, facility, and uh, and we'll see how that begins to work out. How are they going to do practices? Are they going to do it with pads on, full contact? I mean, at some point they got to practice like they do a game. And you know, uh, football is a very high content, heavy co- contact sport. And you know, there again, what's going to happen when you have, you know. A running back get or just insert player name here, insert position here. What's going to happen when you have uh, people start testing positive for this? What I fear is going to happen, and what my fears also is going to be the same thing with MLB, is that um, there's going to be enough to create a a screeching halt to the to the season, which we certainly hope doesn't doesn't happen. We we still don't know what's going on with uh, with football. Is this going to be moved back? As we talked about with Matt, is this going to be moved back to the spring uh, session? And then what's that going to do for the spring sports as far as college football, uh, college sports goes like baseball and that sort of uh, thing. So we, we just, we don't know, but right now, right now we should be watching college football or getting very close to watching college football. I should say, uh, certainly they would be training and, and practicing and we'd be talking about it. Um, but uh, you know, we'd we'd be real, like we'd be less than thirty days away from the the start of, or right at thirty days away from the start of of uh, college football. And we'd be talking about teams like Clemson, Alabama, Notre Dame. Uh, you know, we we haven't we'd be having more of a deeper conversation about some of these teams and where where they're going at and, and some of the 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 top Heisman picks and and we'd be having those conversations. We're not having those conversations right now. Because we're in a, a, a world of fog, a world of, you know, and it's it's just a different world. And I think that if we had looked back last year at this time, and I started talking about, well, there ain't going to be any sports. There's going to be a lockdown. There's going to be this. There's going to be that. If I had kind of narrated to you last year what was going to be happening in the world of sports right now, you you'd you'd have me locked up and throw throwing away the key somewhere. You'd have me in a in a in a mental facility or something. It, it, this is just was just so unprecedented. We've never had anything like this, and you know hopefully we don't have anything like this again in the, in the future. We're still standing by for Adam Jividen. Not sure what's going on with him, but coming up at ten thirty uh, here in about ten minutes or so, fifteen minutes or so is Matthew Hicks is going to join us, and we're going to be talking about uh, some more about the Pacers and the and the Colts, and uh, some more about the Indianapolis Five Hundred. 
began to uh, kind of play the Homer card. Well, maybe we've played the Homer card a little bit more today than we normally do, uh, but that's just kind of the, the, the world that we're in, and um, we'll, we'll just have to kind of uh, get adjusted to it and, 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 and see what happens. So hopefully we can we can uh, go forward with that and, and, and talk a little bit more about that. So we've we learned this week also that Jimmy Johnson is going to be doing some testing this week uh, with uh, Chip Canassi at IMS this week. And so let's, let's see how that goes. And um, as Matt talked about, we uh, um, don't know if, they, if he's going to be on a full-time schedule, I, I guess. And, and we don't even know if he's going to sign with IndyCar, but he's just doing some testing right now. And, and uh, we'll see how, how that, uh, how that, how that pans out uh, you know, with, with Jimmy Johnson and NASCAR. So, you know, here's another thing that that we talk about. Well, I just heard from Adam, so he's not going to be joining us. Turns out he got some poison ivy, and he's at the doctor's office. So, well, should we believe him or not? I I don't know. We'll go ahead. We won't publicly shame him, but when we get him back on here. We're going to dig down into that. I mean, if you don't want to come on the show, man, all I got to do is say, hey, man, I can't come on. Not that I got poison ivy and I got to go to the doctor. But that sounds believable. I guess that's better than the corona, right? If you're going to get if you're going to get something. Is there a mask that prevents poison ivy? (laughs) Yeah, it's called gloves, right? It's called not get into the poison ivy. So. You know some of the things uh, that we, we that we're talking about now is the NFL teams uh, and the challenges that that they're that they're that we're looking at and, and you know so let's kind of just talk up through some of these teams and just um, you know again we were hoping to have um, Adam Jibbenin on with us and. And uh, talk a little bit about uh, the return of the NFL. Certainly, he's a big Cleveland Browns fan uh, and a um, uh, uh, Ohio State Buckeye fan. So we were hoping to maybe get some some uh, uh, insight on that. But that's that's uh, that's okay. We understand how uh, how poison ivy can affect a, affect a person's day. Uh, but so we were hoping to get some insight on that. So I, we could still talk about Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland's talent level is is far better than uh, uh, than the numbers number twenty six is what they would be ranked. Uh, but there are some serious questions regarding the Browns' ability to thrive with a- ample time to, to get into the off season. Uh, the additions of Jack uh, Co- uh, Coughlin, Coughlin, well, that came out wrong, didn't it? Conklin, I'll get that right. Of course, he was a free agent and rookie Jerick uh, uh, Wills, first-round pick, to give the Browns much-needed uh, up- upgrades in the offensive uh, positions. But it will be tough for them to gel with their quarterback and, li- uh, and, and line mates, if you will, for a limited time. Most importantly, the Browns need time to install a new offense culture under new head coach Kevin Stavosky and offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt. So, you know, we'll – We'll see how that plays out, but you know the Browns—they're set up to maybe do things, uh, get things going in the right direction, uh, and maybe we, we can stop saying that they are um, the losers on the lake, or what is it that we say? Uh, 
loses on the lake or something like that, but uh, something to that effect. Uh, but uh, let's talk a little bit about who I think in the AFC is the, one of the strongest teams. Uh, obviously, they were 12-4 and four in 2019. Patrick Mahomes just signed a super mega deal, making him a very high, highly paid quarterback, reigning Super Bowl champions, occupied the top spot for a lot of reasons. But Patrick Mahomes is the best player on the planet right now, or at least that's what they want us to believe. Um, with this mega extension that he got earlier this month, Kansas City returns the rest of its offensive brain trust to head coach Andy Reid. Mr. Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> remember, remember the Kool-Aid man that come uh, banging through the walls? Yeah, look at him and then look at Andy Reid. Just saying. You get some time. Get some off time in this in this uh, pandemic time. And offensive coordinator Eric Blamey. Kansas City only drafted one offensive skill player, and that was first-rounder uh, Clyde Edwards. Uh, but because he's a running back, he should be able to get up to speed quickly. In all, uh, the Chiefs returned to 20 of the 22 starters from last year's Super Bowl uh, champion. But what do we know about uh, defending Super Bowl champions? Something called the Super Bowl hangover. We've seen it with the Colts. We've seen it with the Eagles. Maybe the only team we really haven't seen it with is the New England Patriots. And um, we'll see how that comes out. Uh, this year, with the lack of Tom Brady, everybody's eyes down in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is going to the Super Bowl because Tom Brady's down there. I still think, you know, this would be this would be the network ratings dream. This would be Vegas's dream. And it's not necessarily my personal dream, but it would be interesting to watch it if it come together. If the New England Patriots and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got into the Super Bowl together. Man, wouldn't that just solve a lot of questions? And uh, but you know, really, the likelihood of that happening is is not very good. Uh, so we'll, we'll just kind of talk talk about that in the what if uh, column uh, when we when we uh, have those what if uh, conversations. Let's talk a little bit about the Baltimore Ravens, fourteen and two last year. Uh, the Ravens have suffered uh, a t- had. had Tough, bitter uh, playoff uh, disappointments in each of the past two seasons, but they are poised to remain a force. They really are. You cannot let your guard down with the Baltimore Ravens. We know that with the Indianapolis Colts very, very well. Their continuity is a big reason why 10 out of the 11 offensive starters return through who's gone likely Hall of Fame guard Marsha Yonda is a big loss. Uh, Baltimore brings eight team of 22 starters and the entire coaching staff returns, including offensive coordinator uh, Greg Ramon. Lamar Jackson's uh, leading the helm, uh, but, uh, you know, we'll see how that goes. I mean, Lamar Jackson's one of those guys that just runs off at the mouth. I mean, and he just kind of always likes to be the, the chatterbox in, in, in the room. So we'll see how, how all that pans out. We were going to be talking with uh, Adam Jevedin, we're just going to keep talking about Poison Ivy, and I'm going to give him a hard time about it, but we won't publicly shame him. I mean, hopefully he, he's not scratching his eyes or his face or other stuff that men like to scratch. <laughs> See, you guys are going to wish that he had not got Poison Ivy by the time of the show. I can tell you one thing, as far as I know, uh, didn't get Poison Ivy. 
is uh, Matthew Hicks is going to be joining us here in a few minutes, and we're going to be talking some more about the return in the NFL and the Colts and, you know, and what's going on. Let's talk a little bit about the San Francisco 49ers. They were 13-3 and last year. The Niners were seven minutes from a Super Bowl when Patrick Mahomes happened, uh, <laughs> and Kyle Shan- Shanahan has created stability. Uh, obviously, that was a good Super Bowl game, and, and we, as we've just talked about, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes. We're talking about Patrick Mahomes and not Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, which is uh, now with a full season under his belt, should be stunted to come back w- with uh, in, in a strong force. But the the, um, the the COVID, I don't think I've seen. I haven't seen a lot of stories anyway where COVID issues have created any issues or very many issues for the San Francisco 49ers. So maybe they don't face as many challenges as some of the other teams in the comeback. And they're out there in California, which is now just now starting to hear, see the blunt of it. As as we kind of saw happen with this virus, uh, it kind of moved from east to west and it hit the Midwest pretty hard. And now it's hitting Texas and it's hitting California harder than what it has before. So we will see how, how that, how that plays out. Let's talk a little bit about the Dallas Cowboys. So the, this this is one of these teams that you love to hate. I mean, certainly uh, they're they're the nemesis of the Philadelphia Eagles. We've talked about them many times here with with Ed Kratz, who's on vacation, couldn't join us today. Uh, but change was necessary in Dallas, and change was exactly what the Cowboys got. Keelan Moore returns as an offensive coordinator, but Mike McCarthy is the new head coach. Uh, and the lack of offseason will hurt McCarthy as far as putting his stamp on the offense. Uh, but the Cowboys weren't bad on that side of the ball in 2019. They just needed uh, to get, have bigger moments. The tweaks here and there from McCarthy could work wonders toward fixing that problem. The Cowboys still bring back 16 of 21 starters uh, but with a new defensive coordinator, Mike Nolan. Uh, we'll have gotten the second rounder, uh, round corner, Trevon Diggs, uh, up to speed very quickly. So he'll have to do that. And he's going to, Trevon Diggs is going to be a, uh, a major player. Dak Prescott is also a major boost, which comes in dealing with a non-traditional start to the 2020. And as we know about Dak Prescott, he may not be with the Cowboys. And people have even talked about that he, that he'll be here with the Colts after the one year with Philip Rivers, but I got news for you. And we'll get into this here in a few more minutes with, with Matthew Embry. I mean, Matthew Hicks, sorry, too many Matthews in the world. Uh, my brother's one of them, uh, but I digress. Uh, but Philip Rivers being the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts, he only signed for a one-year contract. And that's going to be one of two things. He's going to come in here and crush it. And we're going to do well in this crazy world that we're in now. Um, or not. And if we don't do well, are we going to blame it on this crazy world that we're living in now? Or are we going to say, well, Philip Rivers, you're here for one year. We're not going to renew the contract. So there is that possibility that after one year, uh, Drew, uh, I mean, not Drew Bruce, Philip Rivers will not be the quarterback of the Indianapolis Colts. And if that's the case, the Indianapolis Colts might look to people like uh, Dak Prescott uh, from the uh, Dallas Cowboys. So am I a personal fan of that? I think he's just kind of a diva, but 
I guess there's more divas in the NFL than there isn't. Um, maybe he is as good as he thinks he is. To me, he's not lit the world on fire. So in, in my, if, if, if uh, Jim Irsay calls me and says, hey, what do you think about Dak Prescott? I'm going to time to go look somewhere else. Probably not going to get that call, though. So, But th- there has been talks about that, that, that Zach Prescott uh, would be uh, looked at. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But he's got to be a major player and a major mover and shaker uh, with the Dallas Cowboys uh, as, as they roll into this 20, uh, 20, 2021 season. And let's face it, once we get to playing football, whether there's fans in the stands or not, it's football. And it's highly, it's, it's full contact on. So let's hope and keep our fingers crossed and our toes crossed uh, that we don't see a major outbreak in this virus in the NFL. Because if it does, if we start seeing a, a lot of a lot of uh, people contacting or, or testing pi- uh, virus positive, th- th- we're going to be looking at a lot of situations now. Hopefully, it doesn't come to that. But I think if we're looking at a stress test of, as far as bringing back sports and how, how, how we manage this, it's, it's with the NFL. So we'll have to see how all this plays out. Green Bay Packers, uh, certainly, we, we look at uh, the tensions that uh, Jordan Love, uh, obviously, he was their first-round pickup uh, and, and – um, you got Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur that they can put on a good face. But uh, one has got to look at this whole situation with Aaron Rodgers. Is Aaron Rodgers, one, is he happy with the pack, Packers? Uh, two, uh, are the Packers happy with Aaron Rodgers? I think the fans like Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, certainly we know him to be the replacement to Brett Favre. Uh, but we'll, we'll see how this plays out with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. Who's going to get the most love? We'll be able to do all kinds of uh, uh, puns. But the flip side, I guess, to all that negativity is that Rodgers and LaFleur already have a year together. So things aren't nearly as bad as they could be. For better or worse, Roger knows the direction the offense is headed. And they've had plenty of time to talk about the philosophies, their strategies, and presumably one would think to iron out some of the tension that was created but in the draft. Rodgers is still an up-tier quarterback, in my opinion, and his presence is, is, should insulate the Packers from most negative consequences regarding the, the pandemic. So we will see how, how big of an impact that this have, had with, uh, the, um, with the draft. My name is Sean Marcos, El Presidente. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Matthew Hicks joins us, standing by in the, man, in the green room. Don't think he's got poison ivy. And uh, we'll have to clue him in on that here in just a second. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. 
In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. I can't believe it. I've been playing 4 on 4 with a barbershop quartet. Nah, I can't believe how easy it was to save hundreds of dollars on my car insurance with Geico. Yeah. Believe it. Geico could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Morning face. You get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. I got a feeling deep within my soul. And right now I really need to let you know. All right, welcome back to The Balance. My name is Tom Marcos del Presidente. We're going into the, the final quarter of the of the game. Uh, getting ready to join us here is Matthew Hicks. Uh, thank you, Mo, from the BS Sports Show for helping us kick things off and talking about things, uh, getting getting sports back to reality. And then Matthew Embry, our official IndyCar contributor, and we're going to be continuing this conversation with Matthew Hicks uh, about the Indianapolis uh, 500 and some changes that were made out at IMS this week. And we were supposed to have Adam Jibbenan on, and just as he was about to come on, he texted me. He said he had to go to the doctor that he's got a bad case of poison ivy. So been making the poison ivy jokes, and so that way, Matthew, that was why I said you don't have poison ivy. So if you have poison ivy, it's proven that you can come on the show even with poison ivy. Matthew, can you hear us? Sorry, I had my mute on. Sorry about that. No, no poison ivy. Uh, some, boy, the mosquitoes are in central Indiana are alive and well, though, aren't they? Oh, tell me about it, man. My, I, I've got I'm a human mosquito uh, uh, machine. I got more mosquito bites. <laughs> I tell you. Well, the, the thing is, if you got poison ivy and you get mosquito bites and you scratch, it's not good, you know. So hopefully, yeah. No, uh, combo. <laughs> So he, he had to go to the doctor. He said he got a really bad case of poison ivy. And I guess well, if you're going to catch uh, something in this. Better soon. Yeah. If you're going to catch something, I mean, I guess poison ivy is better to catch than what, what's going on. It's just a crazy world that that, that that has become since March, if we look back since March. And I went down to the track yesterday 
Well, because they're they're so limited on the credentials that they didn't give me. A, I still haven't heard for sure if I'm going to get any credentials. So my guess is I'm not. So I had to just go on the assumption that I'm just going to have to buy my tickets. So I bought tickets to the uh, practice qualification, carb day, everything. Bought the entire entire package, and we went down there yesterday to pick up the tickets. And the building's locked up like like Fort Knox. And I'm like, what the heck? And so there's a number on the door to call, and it rings you into security. And they said they won't have anything till August third. They'll have to come back on August third. So that was like, man, oh, wow. that was that was just eerie. And uh, there were cars there, so I guess they got people working there. But yeah, they uh, you couldn't couldn't walk in the lobby like you normally normally could. So anyway, so I stopped at Mug and Buns. You got to stop at Mug and Buns oh. if you're in, in Speedway. You know, <laughs> I was Absolutely. the first place. I you can't miss that. That was the first place that I've eaten out. Now, I did a lot of door dashing and stuff, but that's the first place I've actually mm-hmm. went out and ate in public. Melissa and I did that yesterday for lunch. So I had me a big old foot long coney dog, cheese dog, mm-hmm. fries, um, root beer. I had to get me a, a, a gallon of root beer. For those who don't know, root beer at Mug and Bun is the real deal. <laughs> There's no so, question. And anytime I have a someone that I know coming in from out of state to check out the 500, I, you know, I tell them, listen, at some point throughout the weekend, you have to go to mug and bun. Oh yeah. Of course, if they're not from Indiana, you know, it's always amazing to me how many people outside of Indiana don't know what a tenderloin is. Uh, but I always <laughs> tell them, you gotta get the tenderloin. Yeah. You know, or, enjoy that. Yeah. Get, get the breaded mushrooms. Yeah. The deep fried pickles, man. You could go on and on. There's Amen. really nothing wrong. Wrong with that, that's for sure. And uh, but you, you certainly got to make sure you have a root beer or a root beer float while you're there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only uh, the only other place that I would say is as close to as I must go to is Working Man's Lunch or Working Man's yeah, Friend. Yeah, Working I'm Man's sorry. Is, is friend is very very good. I also tell people if they're up for a little ride and they're in from out of town, Edwards Drive-In is a is a pretty darn oh. good place too over there in Beach Grove. Yeah. That's that's awesome. I don't get down to the grill very often, but I've heard my, my friend Jason Hammer talks about it a lot on his show. So <laughs> he lives oh, down yeah. there in the Grove. Yeah. So well, let's right. talk a little bit about about the track. I, obviously, we, we heard this week, uh, and I've heard Doug Bowles on, on, on a lot of the local stations and certainly on some national shows as well, about what to expect. They reduced from – well, it kind of from the sequence, they, were, they moved it to August uh, 23rd with the hope of have, having a normal, regular – you know, 300,000 fans or whatever, and then they moved to 50%. Now, this week we're seeing them move it to 25%, but still when you put that in reality, to what we know that track is, is that you, that's still not uh, roughly 90,000 people. That's the most yeah, fans that have been yeah, able to come back. To, yeah, 75 to 90,000. And, and it sounds like, I don't know if I've ever heard this confirmed, so if you have, please tell me. I had heard that they had been reaching out to season uh, season ticket holders, you know, ticket holders that, that do it every year, um, and and trying to gauge how many people wanted to come. And this was this was about the number, near twenty five percent, had said they would they would want to do it. Now I don't know if that's true. That's just something I heard. And then um, uh, so they they had about you know like you said seventy five ninety thousand. Um, ticket holders that were wanting to do it. So it, to me, it doesn't sound like there's going to be a ton of extra seats available on the, you know, directly. Now we'll find that mm-hmm. out as we get closer. Cause obviously 
uh, they're very good about letting you know that. Um, they're Doug Bowles and his team mm. uh, is really like one of the best around. I mean, they just they do such a great job promoting that track and 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 really telling the story of the speedway. I mean, they just do a fantastic work. Um, so I don't know how many tickets are going to be available. I'm sure there's going to be some, but it, it, it sounded like to me from what I'd heard from a few people that that was kind of the idea. That's that's the number they landed on, and it just so happened that that number jived with Marion County Health Commissioner has, was kind of thinking too. So that's why we heard a couple of days later that you know 25% full of, of venues as, as far as that goes. Of course, that's a very large number that I'm sure they had to get approved in their plan and there's no better planners than the people at the Speedway. I mean, they, Absolutely. they have scenarios for everything. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We've seen about that many people there many times. It, it, that's to be candid, probably a little bit, maybe less than the last few Brickyard 400s or Allstate 400 at the Brickyard or Big Machine Record 400, whatever it is uh, at the time uh, that it ran. I mean, I think – I think optimistically they were about up to 120,000 for that race, but I think uh, also a couple times on hot days, I don't think they broke the 100,000 mark. So you kind of get an idea in your head if you can think about those television pictures from those races, what that amount of crowd looks like. My point, long-winded as it is, I think that's very doable to be socially distanced um, in that atmosphere. I, I don't think that's too big of a number. I, I know a lot of people have kind of said, oh, my gosh, this is just sounds like a disaster. And, and yes, it, it frankly could be. I think they're just forgetting how large that venue is, though. Mm-hmm. And if they are truly socially distant, um, which they have the complete opportunity to be, I mean, if they're all in the main grandstand, then that, yeah, that's a disaster um, waiting to happen. But I just don't see that being the case. I'm sure they're going to be spread out. And, yeah, 75, 90,000 people there is just – it's not a lot there. I mean, I think there were 90,000 of the first F1 race, but they were all in one spot, and that still didn't seem overly crowded. So I, I, it right. just feels very doable to me. I, I suppose, you know, we're just going to have to find out. And as we get closer, we might find out that, you know, as a, as a community, we're, we're not ready for that kind of numbers at a venue, and, and we'll just see. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. The next month will be obviously very telling on how we – progress through this hopefully the mask um the more uh unified mask wearing works throughout the state we see some numbers go the other way and and uh, everybody feels a lot better about a large gathering like that uh, outside hopefully it will hopefully it'll work because I, I know that i know that the speedway frankly needs some fans there to make this thing work i, I don't think the 500 works with zero fans uh, at all um, so hopefully we can get this thing in and and not miss a not miss a five hundred this year. Well, absolutely, and you know, I I, I I'm encouraged that they're, they're they're still doing this. I could I can't see. I know there's still people that are pest are pessimistic and thinking that we're not going to be able to have fans. I can't see them being able to pull off the five hundred uh, with with without fans. Uh, Greg Doyle in his in his article this past week. Um, I I don't know really kind of how to. I don't know if you saw it, but he kind of was just kind of. In a roundabout way, saying that uh, by allowing fans in there, that uh, IMS and Doug Bowles are being irresponsible, and I don't like to play on that fear porn 
I mean, it's a real, it's a, it's something real and we need to be very conscious about it. I hate those masks. Believe me, I'll be the first one to stand up and say, I hate those masks and they being hot at the track. I know it's not going to be the best experience. Uh, but as long as you're, you're, you're not eating or drinking, you have to have a mask on, even if you're in the parking lot. Well, if you go to the 500, most people are going to be drinking most of the time. Anyway, I'm just saying, take that for what it's worth. But, uh, but, but mm-hmm. Doug Bowles did say that they, they want to be very um, uh, cautious in everything. So I guess the process, and they've got a process in, 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 in here, is 125%. So if you're in the parking lot, you still have to have the mask on. When you come in, before you get, get through security and all that, you have to be uh, do a, a forehead screen test. If you're above 100, you'll have a, a manual um, uh, thermometer uh, placed by uh, medical professionals. And if you're still above 100, you'll be asked to leave and given a voucher for a refund. Uh, if not, you can you can go ahead and go in and go through security and do the normal checks that, that, that you do. They, they've got um, tags on seats that say, if this seat's not available, this seat's not available, this seat is available. And apparently that's been kind of aligned with how they've sold uh, tickets into the grandstands. So mm-hmm. the tickets you bought are tickets into seats that are available. Uh, and then they're going to have, you know, the regular viewing mountains. And that's probably where I'll hang out. It's uh, turn four and where I usually hang out there. Uh, and that's usually when I'm going back and forth from the media center. So it's, it's going to be a little bit different, but I typically don't set it in the stands anyway. So I think with all of that space and, and you got to remember when you go into those gates, there's over 300 acres throughout the entire property. So I think that there's plenty of, of ways and, and to, to do the stress test for, for sports on that. That said, you know, uh, I'm excited to, to see the, the Indianapolis 500 and I, I enjoy hearing Doug Bolt uh, really talk about it. I think that, that we're in a, a good spot and hopefully we'll get past all this. And next year back in May, Memorial Day weekend, we'll be back to normal. Oh yeah, I hope so too, and and we can only hope and pray that's the case. And I and I agree. I, I really think they thought this out thoroughly. Uh, and I also know that group and, and and Doug and 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 now of course Roger Penske at the very top enough to know that if it's not right, they won't do it. I mean, if they don't feel good mm-hmm. about it, they won't run the race. And we hope they can run the race. I mean, I'm a huge race. You know that. I mean, I covered the race sure. for years, and yeah, yeah, and I was out there many for many years and I want it to work, but also I know that group well enough that if it's not going to work, they just won't do it. And uh, yeah. I, I, I trust them to make the right decision. Um, that all be that being said, I'm probably not going to go, um, especially now that it's on television. Uh, I'm going to watch it on TV <laughs> and probably turn the volume down and listen to the radio. And, yeah. and, uh, and, you know, I'll be, you know, I'll be back to somewhat normal work by then. So, um, but I think the fact that you have the ability and the decision to make is, is great. And I think plenty of people will want to go and plenty of people will want to go responsibly. And I think they can pull it off. I, I think the big question is, is just what the numbers do over the next three weeks uh, leading up to that week before that'll be the real, uh, well, I guess two weeks before uh, that'll be the real um, uh, bell tower the next couple of weeks to uh, them making it probably final decision or a decision yeah. to continue. We all hope they can do it. I mean, there's, this is well, uh, tough. Yeah. And look what baseball did this week for everybody. I mean, that was kind of like, all right, you know, Hey, we, we get to watch some sports again. Not that racing hasn't been going on. We, I mean, I've been watching racing constantly, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but but the team sport thing coming back, I think, was another step, you know, towards somewhat normalcy. Yeah, and I, and again, I, I I go back to the track. If if we could fit ninety thousand people in a, in, a, in the IMS, even though most say, most major league baseball stadiums aren't near that big, but but still, there should be a way to get ba- uh, fans back in for baseball too. The only thing, I, I mean, my Cardinals won, and I know the Cubs uh, picked up a win yesterday, so that's good. But it was. It is still weird not seeing any fans. But the, I think the biggest thing, bigger than that, the biggest black eye, and you know, not to get political, but they shouldn't get political either. I mean, sports should be a a a, a refuge, a place where we could go to get away from everything and to draw the attention that these teams have been doing as a whole and unifiedly. Even though it's not during the anthem, it's before the anthem. Some play, uh, some places aren't playing the anthem. Uh, to take a knee, uh, just encourages more of this social unrest and social injustice that, that we're seeing. And it's just causing, I just think it causes more problems than it solves problems by creating that kind of, of uh, uh, that kind of uh, unnecessary. I, I just don't see where, what it's, what it's doing. And, you know, you, you can either agree or disagree. That's fine. I just feel like that we, we should, let's just go play ball. Let's play ball. We don't. Do we have to draw attention to a lot of things? Though it's it's bad enough that there's no fans in there. Do we have to draw attention to that? So um, I don't. What What were your thoughts on on that? Uh, you know, I got to be honest with you. Um, I turned the game on at. I, I'm a Reds fan. Been a Reds fan for a long time. Yeah. Um, long enough to go through the last now, thirty years, of disappointment. <laughs> Nothing like being a Cubs fan, but um, with their hundred and whatever eight years. But I got to be frank about it. I don't, I, a, I don't have a problem with it. I don't have any problem with it whatsoever. It's fine. Um, and B, I don't even know what happened. I, I got to be honest. I did not know uh, that that the Reds did that until well after the game because, frankly, I didn't watch the pregame. I, and it wasn't that I wasn't purposely watching the pregame. Mm-hmm. Didn't turn it on. Turn it on when. The, right around the first pitch and was listening to the radio before that um, for their pregame. Cause they, not that, not that Jim day and those guys don't do a great job. I just like on opening day to listen to 700 WLW and listen oh, yeah. to those guys. Cause they are just, they just cracked me up uh, on opening mm-hmm. day. So yeah, no, I got, and I sat down and, and turned. So I didn't know they did it and I don't have a problem that they do. Uh, that's, that's just fine. And they have chose to use their platform to, get their message out and I, I don't, I don't have an issue with it. I, you know, I more power to them. That's, that's what, yeah, that yeah, right there is what makes this country just awesome. Right there. That yeah. is it. So, and I guess, I, I guess, you know, that's fine. I guess what I'm trying to say is, is that, uh, we we need to get to a point as a country where we, we can't, to the coin and old phrase, can't everybody just get along? I mean, there's yeah, one, there's well, one, there's there, there, there's one thing that says, hey, I'm I'm a first right, a first amendment absolutist. I think you should have the first amendment and second amendment. I mean, hand in hand, that should certainly be something that you're you're allowed to do. But when you start killing people, you stop. Just re- doing things lawlessly, doing destruction. I think that's where you're going the other direction. 
But any which way, we're not a political show. It's just you know a point of reference. We're just say we're drawing attention yeah, to something. That, that's the other great thing about everybody's got their own opinion, and and mm-hmm. they are more than. That's the awesome thing about it. Is everybody's entitled to it, and and uh, it's all good. I think um, you know. I think I, I think some of these. I think a mountain again. Not to get too much on a tangent, but like what Malcolm Brogdon has done this off season, and, and it started with his mm-hmm. with his non for profit. That is that is a fantastic use of his platform and abilities as an African American. You know. Yeah. <laughs> But he, but he, guy, to to, yeah. to do to do what he's doing is is great with the with clean water in Africa and and speaking out responsibly and it's it, it's all good. I think these are conversations that are frankly very uncomfortable to have, but we we have to have them as a country at this point. I agree. Have the conversations. Do the yeah. positive things, but but the the destruction of property and the loss of lives yeah. and the in the total the total recklessness of of anarchy is the other is not doing oh well, not that's, accomplished. Yeah, that's not doing anybody any good of course yeah so so yeah, matthew let's talk a little let's talk a little bit about the nba in the bubble as we as we know and we'll, yeah. we'll go we'll get back on the homer card here and i as i texted you uh uh last night uh Samomas uh, with the Pacers uh, is going to be leaving the bubble for a foot injury, which is a significant thing. Uh, let's t- talk about uh, two pl- two key players here uh, with the Pacers, and 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 obviously him going out is 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 a big big factor for the Pacers. But with uh, with um, Victor Oladipo not playing at least right now, we'll get into him here in just a second. But how big of an impact is Samosa? Uh, I, I butcher that name all the time, so I'll just have to roll with it. I don't, I, I don't try to correct it; I just make it worse. But uh, I know right. who I'm talking about. <laughs> you know who I'm talking yeah, about, right? right. Yeah. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And how big of an impact is that to the Pacers? Well, I, you know, it, there's there's two coins of uh, two two sides of the coin to think about here. One is on surface. I mean, obviously, in the end, they are. You know, there's that whole adage like they might play better in the short term without him, but over the long term, they're not going to win a championship without, I mean, and let's be honest, the odds are almost insurmountable for them to win a championship mm-hmm. anyway because it's just the reality of the talent gap between them and you know, like Milwaukee and the two LA teams and that's where, it's going to be a really tough battle for them to win anyway, but they are certainly not going to win one without Simonis and, and Vic playing for, for that matter. Now what's interesting, what can... <laughs> I, I think it could be interesting. We saw this in that first preseason game with the lineup of being Brogdon, Vic, and T.J. Warren with Jakar Sampson, and I don't even remember who they ran at the five at this point. Um, at this point, but regardless, they moved the ball incredibly well. And not that Sabonis isn't a fantastic passer because he is, but when you play Turner and Sabonis together, there's there are some spacing issues inherent. Inherently, one of them needs to stretch. Obviously, you, we've talked about this all year. Can they continue to coexist? All that stuff. Um, what's interesting is you, you, with, without Sabonis, you put you put a guy in. I would assume Samson on the floor to keep your second unit intact. Put Samson on the floor, and suddenly here's a guy that can fill for those old school Pacer fans the Dale Davis role. 
he doesn't have to have the ball in his hand to con- contribute. He's going to be a rebounder. He's going to defend as best as he can, which is, you know, pretty good. Um, up to, you know, maybe even slightly above average defender. And he's going to get putbacks. He's going to be an energy guy. Uh, all those things that, again, not that Sabonis isn't any one of those things, because Samson is not a 19-point-per-game scorer. But he's going to give you 12 and 10, 8 and 10, 6 and 15 one night. I, I don't think it, Sabonis being out for the regular season disqualifies them for maybe even moving up a couple spots in the seedings. But they have to get him back eventually, I think, to contend with like a Milwaukee or even a Boston or Toronto and, and, and maybe even Philadelphia. Um, I, I think they could maybe sneak out a first-round win without him. But going on from there, they need all hands on deck, and that's just from a pure mm-hmm. offensive standpoint. I mean, the, guy, the guy's an all-star. You, 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 know, you mm-hmm. don't want to lose an all-star uh, at this point in the year. With, let's just say even in a normal year with eight games to go, if you feel like you can come back in time for mid first round, then I feel like that would be okay to working back in, but going beyond that, it's going to really impact their ability. I still think this team and people think I'm just crazy. I still think that team, if they're healthy and they're all playing, I think they could be an Eastern conference finalist with the current scenario we're in. I'm not sure they could overcome the lack of home court advantage in a normal scenario where they would be on the road for game seven. But where they are down there, there's no real home court advantage at all. I, I think I, I think they could sneak past a Boston or a Toronto to sneak into the Eastern Conference Finals. And then, you know, Milwaukee's tough, man. I, I don't know. that. <laughs> yeah, they are. I don't know at this point. And we'll, and we'll see when, when things really get rolling. But if, if they're three-fourths as good as they were when we stopped, that Milwaukee team, I mean, they, they very well could win the championship this year. They're, they're, they're pretty stacked. Well, let's talk a little bit about Victor Owen Depot. Uh, we still got you here for a few minutes. Uh, we've been talking about sure. him for uh, a week or two about his decision to opt out of uh, playing, and, but going down there anyway. Now there's some talk where he may talk thing, but here's, I think a lot of fans are, are kind of disappointed with Victor Owen Depot. I mean, he, he's, even, he's an IU grad. He loves the city of Indianapolis. So he says, but we've seen this kind of, uh, lip action from a guy by the name of Paul George. And when we got Victor Owen Depot in, in the trade of Paul George, a, a lot of people were kind of hesitant of thinking, what well, did we end up with the, with the uh, short end of the stick here? Then he, he brought the Pacers back from a dark time, and we were started winning games, and fans were really rallying around Victor Owen Depot. Has he earned more money? Does he deserve more money? Yes. He's in a contract here. Let's let's use that time to get the fans, keep the fan support, show the organization that you could get butts in the seat, win games, go down there to Florida and play, uh, and play. Don't be casting rumors that you're talking to Miami. Don't be saying things to third-party media outlets without before even a, a statement. So this thing about him not playing in the, in the bubble was released by The Athletic or one of these third-party uh, media outlets before there was ever a statement from the, the Pacers organization. And now it just looks like, you know, granted his, his, him or his agent isn't talking to Miami quite literally, but 
you know, there's certainly been conversations and rumors that that that's a place that that might want to pick him up. And he's kind of acting like a Paul George, even if it's not the exact same scenario. And 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 I think a lot of fans are are giving him a lot of grief about that. Well, I think what he runs the risk of is is this city. I mean, geez, man, Indianapolis has got a little bad luck running here. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to be. A, I'm not going. I'm not trying to be a jerk about this and oversimplifying it. But here's the deal. I mean, in the course of like what two and a half years, uh, uh, a, a top let, let's be let's even just be less than generous. A top twelve player in the NBA says, "I'm out. I, I don't want to be here anymore." So that's mm-hmm. the first level of suck. The second level of suck is your franchise quarterback says. I'm out. I can't do it anymore. I'm done. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And then, and then there's some perception here that maybe the, the, the savior, the guy that comes in and, and far exceeds expectations. I mean, people called that trade a disaster, a joke. What have the yeah. Pacers have, yeah, exactly. what have they done? Exactly. They get two all-stars for one. You can't do that in the NBA. That's like, that's almost impossible. Uh, Cause Sabonis is now an all-star and Vic is an all-star when he's healthy. I think there is genuine concern for Vic. That is a bad injury he went through. I, I understand that he is very nervous and heading into, after these eight games and playoffs, a con- he's heading into a contract year. So regardless of one thing to, for fans to remember, no matter what, he's going to be here next season, unless over the, I guess now we'll say fall, the Pacers decide to trade him for uh, an asset if they don't think they can bring him back. Um there's some sort of animosity there between Vic and the team. There just has to be there, whether it's over the injury or there was reportedly a contract offer at, at some point that he didn't feel it was enough. Um, the reality of it is he had a devastating injury that, that 10 years ago, I mean, may have been career ending um, modern science is I think going to help him come back and, and hopefully have a very long and, and healthy career. But I think both sides are, I don't want to say posturing, because that might be oversimplifying it, but I think there's a little posturing here. And the fans are going to be caught in the middle of it, which, of course, is, again, the third level of suck. Because what I don't think Vic might realize is there are already people that have written him off. You know, we've been burned as fans too many times. And I think I don't think he realizes there are some people that have already said, oh, okay, well, he doesn't like it here. I'm done. Now, can he earn that back? Absolutely. I, I think so. Well, you, but, it, you know, he's... He, he may not realize, I think, like, like for example, my son was, like, done. He was like, that's it. <laughs> just, I'm not going to get burned again. Yeah. So it's, it's tough. Was, so what about uh, the rumor that was going around that he was having issues with Nate McMillan? What, do you think there's any truth to that? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, it could be. I, no, obviously, I'm, I've, been around, <laughs> I've been around the team since before Nate McMillan was an assistant. So I don't know that. Uh, but – that could be. I mean, it would it would appear that Paul George had issues with Bird as we continue to to go on uh, and hear about this. Uh, could mm-hmm. could Vic have issues with upper management? Could it be the coach? I don't know. He seems like such a happy guy, and he also he he's he he doesn't speak directly a lot. As I'm sure you know, sometimes you have to kind of mince right. He minces right. words a little bit. I, from what he said, I don't gather that. I, I mean, again, if he had a problem with Nate or, or someone, why would he travel down there? I, I just – I think he I, – I'm going to chalk this one up to he got some bad advice. 
I'm going to chalk it up too. Got some bad advice. <laughs> somebody said, hey, don't play. And then somebody else got to him and said, hey, you know if you don't play. Like, that's a bad look. Now, if you can't yeah. play, don't play. Doesn't look good. We get it. Right? I mean, no one would have thought twice about it if he couldn't play. But I think it was just bad advice. He should have said, hey, I'm going to go down. I'm gonna, I don't know. I'm going to test it out. And if it feels good, I'll play. And I'll play a preseason or whatever they're calling these, a refresher or whatever they're calling these games. He looks fine. I think he had 10 <laughs> points uh, on, uh, what was that, Wednesday or Thursday. He, he looked fine. Um, but he, only he knows. And I think if he had just started out that way, and even if he had played the preseason and said, you know what, guys, it's not feeling right. I'm going to shut it down, and we're going to be really strong next year. I think no one would have a problem with that. Um, but it was just an odd play of I'm not going to play, but I'm still going to travel. And But as yeah, I it was. kind of wondered what happened, he got down there, got with his guys, started running with them, didn't want to miss out on something, maybe a little something a little special. And uh, he, I think he's going to play. I, I, I mean, maybe he won't in, when the quote-unquote regular season resumes. But my guess is he sits out the next scrimmage, and then he plays. He'll do every other scrimmage here, and then he'll play when the regular season starts. That, that's my gut. Well, especially with Simona being being out, I think the pressure yeah. is going to feel the pressure a little bit more to, to do on that. Matthew Hicks, we appreciate you joining us. Good friend of the show. You're always welcome here. Uh, thanks for coming in and talking some IndyCar and uh, Indy 500 and NBA and Pacers playing the homer card with us today, sir. Thanks for having me. It was a great time. All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. Talk soon. Thanks. Matthew Hicks, uh, love having him on the show. He's been coming on the show for years and certainly very well knowledgeable, uh, certainly uh, been in the Indianapolis local media for a long time and, and knows uh, a lot about what, what goes on here in the Indianapolis market. Uh, my name is Tom Marquez, El Presidente. Remember, don't drink and drive. It ain't cool. You know, it's it's crazy times, but hey, the, the the good thing about it is we're we're getting uh, we're getting sports back, even if it's not quite to the level that we want it to be, and even if we we still want to see a lot more fans, uh, we're we're getting we're getting things going. My name is Tom Marquis, El Presidente. Don't drink and drive it in cool. I'm out of here, deuces. <laughs>